Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are tossed from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Whoa. Holy shit. There's a human over there. What? Oh, you're right. Who let a human... Wait. What the hell is he doing? Why is he swinging a jar around in the air? Is he trying to catch Ferris in there? I mean, I guess so. He looks like a dang pelican on mushrooms, flapping its wings like a madman. Looks like he's done, though. Jars all full. Guess again. Why does he have three more jars? Whoa, what's that shield doing? Looks to be moving on its own, fanning the fog into the jars. Maybe this dude isn't crazy. Yeah, kind of smart, actually. Wait, why is he taking his shirt off? That's a very good question. Why is he doing that? This is despicable! Can't you go back to being a pelican? Man, let him be. Dude must just be having a bad day. Bad day? How do you explain the pickle juice? Listen, I got nothing for the pickle juice. But I do have a theory on the honey and why he took out a stethoscope. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my ocular cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who, upon arriving on set in LA for the very first time and connecting with Xander, heard him praising Jesus quite a lot. Assuming he was religious, he thought maybe that people in LA used the Y sound for J's. That day, when the actors finally arrived on set and he got his chance to meet one of his favorite actors... He walked up and in an attempt to be respectful and fit in in LA, he said, It's nice to meet you, Yet Chambers. I'm Sebastian. It's one of his most haunting, embarrassing moments of his life. (laughs) Money yet. That will be coming up in future episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Anna Brisbane. Blueberry Sky, the elven druid who is going through crystal withdrawals because she's really dependent on them to keep up her health and her wealth and her relationships and she's starting to worry that these things are slowly depleting the longer she's away from her collection but she doesn't like being judged for her crystal beliefs so she's too afraid to bring it up to the others 
I knew Blueberry was suspicious. Suspi- that's not suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> she's still suspicious, but she's also superstitious. <laughs> Nigel Deacon. What's good? Xander Gucci Supreme, who has a five-star rating on Wikifeet with about 4,000 ratings. But he doesn't know why. What the hell? 4,000? He doesn't know why the high ratings, or he doesn't know why his feet are on Wikifeet? He, he's almost unaware of the whole situation. <laughs> oh my god. Vince Perino. Jet Chambers. Jet Chambers. So, <laughs> Jet Chambers, thank you. <laughs> so, fun facts about Jet. He, uh, he has a very well-known celebrity beef with John Stamos. <laughs> simply because he's just jealous of him. <laughs> wow. Wait, which one's jealous? Uh, Jet is. Okay. He's just jealous of John Stamos. He's just, I mean, he's hes full house, fuller house. He's just... He's just jealous. He's jealous. <laughs> Why would you list fuller house? That's not... But he's, he's like on these famous shows that everybody watches. And also he's like a sexy motherfucker. So it's sad. <laughs> and he gets more attractive the older he gets. It's a wild phenomenon. He does. That's the worst thing. True. And he's married to a girl my age. Is Are he? you serious? Jet's married? <laughs> Jan Stamos is married? Jan Stamos. Yeah. <laughs> She's a Disney bounder. What is a Disney bounder? Disney bounding is when you dress your outfits for Disneyland or Disney World, like, themed to be the character. So it's not a costume, but it's, like, style, like, color blocking and accessories and stuff inspired by a character. Oh. Interesting. Oh. Is, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's just a very, like, millennial thing. Oh. <laughs> you began outside of Gallomere with three hook horrors in front of you. Xander and Blueberry did their best to lead them away from the main city gates. Blueberry conjured a large fey fairy pixie thing and was able to get the attention of both of the monstrosities that were on the ground and led them away from the city, while Xander sent Namora, smelling like a freshly buttered lobster, to distract the one on the watchtower. Unfortunately, Nomura wasn't able to get its attention, and so resulted in sitting on this monstrosity's face, where he was quickly disposed of. Initiative was rolled, Xander and Sebastian teamed up to down this monster off of the tower, Sebastian took a few hits, Blueberry pulled it off of him, and right into Jet for the finishing blow. After this satisfying anime-style opening fight sequence, a man and woman (laughs) came out of the watchtower. The man allowed you inside the gates while the woman attended to a dead drow body as she wept. The man took you inside to meet Delzok Ilsthir, who tried his darndest to make you and his guards laugh. He had a halfling on a chain next to him, who Blueberry remembered was the older halfling in the painting from Tolaby Lighthouse. Ilsthir gave you an idea on where to find the Nathrix, and even wanted to help you. He told you not to be in Ocklock by the end of the week, and gave you S to escort you around Galamir. You spoke with S on your way to get some new fancy fair stress goggles, as well as Jet bought a neat fancy net. Catching some Ferris in mason jars, you took a stop by the Steeders before heading out of Galamere and towards the Moonless Channels. took you to another encampment where you found a group of drow slavers and enslaved people creating large barges on a lake, one of which was equipped with a trebuchet. You continued into the encampment, saw a temple with a symbol that seemed to denote the Nathrix on it, a forge, a mine, and a boat. The boat you took and got on the lake. Now... I don't want this to sound ad hoc, but it was quite a shock that you simply left the dock, journeyed through the lock, and took a short ride down to the city of Aklak, 
Unfortunately, there was no door to knock, so you had to take a walk along the walls made of rock. And boy, did you flock to the city so heavily mocked, and only to find a door that was blocked. Blocked by two large blue lizards with eight legs and a darrow rider on each. Now you're standing in a very empty area, wall to your left, open darkness to your right with the occasional plant and bit of fair shreds to see. Just ahead are two darrow wielding long wooden staves with hooks on the end, atop their lizards flanking each side of the door. And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? a plan. Uh, Xander, this is all you. You wanted to come here. Just don't get us in a fight, please. Uh, yo, what's good, lizard guard? Stop! What are you doing here? As he points the hooked staff at you, and the lizard turns towards you. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Does he point in an accurate direction? It's pretty close. It's not perfect, but it's pretty close. Yo, whoa, 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 hold up. We are some weary travelers that are on a an expedition to map out the Underdark, and we are interested in knowing more about what lies down below. We heard a, we heard a rumor about this thing called the Nathrix. We're very interested <laughs> in a good way. Xander, what's up? Put a donut on his staff. Peace offering. That seems suggestive. <laughs> How about I offer it to the lizard? Sure. Okay, I'm going to pull out the bag quietly, I guess. Give me a D6. Five. Five donuts appear in that bag as you pull one out. Yo, uh, it's okay. I got I got a little I got a treat for the lizard if it wants it. Not going to force it on it. I'm going to put it on the ground right here right in front. I'm just going to like frisbee it a little bit closer to the lizard. This lizard is pretty large. Like I said, eight-legged, blue scales. You can see that just in front of its eye holes, it has these ducts that are currently slowly expelling a blue fog. And you can see just behind that blue fog, their eyes have this piercing orange color. Give me animal handling. Ooh. Fifteen. You can see this large lizard moves a little bit closer, slowly, still looking at you and kind of bends down with its head and neck and gobbles up this donut. This one was maple frosted. Ooh, tasty. Good choice. The Darrow on top of this large lizard says, no one comes to Oclock just to visit. Are you sure those are your only intentions? I promise. We're we're just You're not drow spies, are you? No, dog. We we just passed through. We're from from the the upper light and you know, we we're, we're just we're we're tra- we're cartographers, you know. We hop on the cart, we agriff. Sun dwellers. Yeah. You can see this man pops off the lizard and he's standing on the ground and he's got this glove on. You can see as he moves closer the glove has stones on it. Infinity Gauntlet. Earthbenders. <laughs> on the inside of the thumb, where like the pad of your finger is, you can see a crystal. And on the four other fingers in the same location is different rocks. And as he moves closer to you, he clicks the rock to the crystal. They start deeper, and then they get higher pitched as he moves closer. 
And as he moves closer, he's about 10 feet from you. He goes, humans, but there is one elf. And he points directly at you, Blueberry. Yeah. Drow. Oh, no, Not no. a drow. No, no. I don't look anything like them. I just have long ears. I'm a sun dweller. That would be like so annoying if I was a drow. And he moves back to look towards Xander. Now that he's closer, give me perception, Xander. You're the one talking to him. Ooh, nat 20. Nice. Let's go. What's total? Okay. 21 with my perception. This Darrow is, he currently has the hook spear. And he's tapping it on the ground. The area of this wooden pole where the sharp hook is connected, he has a stone carving, which has a symbol on it. It is an oval, wider than it is tall, with six curvy lines coming off of it in S-shaped patterns. This looks very similar to the sigil you saw above the temple, just up the river, but instead of six circles along the outside, it has these curvy lines. All right, first off, that clicky hand, you do an echolocation, that's pretty dope. Secondly, well, all right, this might be a dumb question, but that symbol on there, we saw something similar to that when we passed through the drought thing. Is that, that looks kind of Nathrixy. You saw the order. I mean, we didn't see him any up close. It was just like on a building. We just walked by and I was like, oh. So you are with the drow. No, dog. Look, we just, we walked through a city. That's it. And he smacks the bottom of the staff on the ground. He goes, we are followers of Nathrix. They are the order of the Nathrix. Oh. They are wrong. I mean, y'all lead the way. We'll follow you. To where? To the Nathrix. No, we follow the Nathrix. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, wh- all right. Well, then where's he leading us? What? If you're following the Nathrix, if we follow you, then we'll follow the Nathrix. We do not go physically to see it very often. So you don't physically follow the Nathrix? No, we follow its teachings. Uh... What does it teach you? It teaches us to not be greedy and to be selfless. The Nathrix gave us the amazing power. To be able to see without the need of our eyes and live better lives. Are those two things connected? Like, do you live a better life because you can't see? Yes! All right, I mean, that sounds pretty dope. Lead the way. So you want inside O'Clock? Like I said, we're cartographers. We're map makers. We're doodle drawers. We're just trying to find our way through the Underdark here. And we heard that the Nathrix was a thing that we either wanted to go right to or avoid we got different accounts from different people some people are scared some people are like uh you want to learn and follow yes i told yes i so i said lead the way bro come on pay attention (laughs) he smacks the staff on the ground again you're not drow spies i will bring you to grimmond all right okay he's well versed in the Underdark. He has traveled much and he has learned to follow Nathrix. Sounds Gucci, Malui. He ends up opening the door for you. You can see there was this other Darrow riding a large lizard that didn't even talk to you. Can I offer that lizard a donut as we pass by? Yes, give me animal handling with advantage. 14 or a nat 1. I'll take the 14. This one also takes the donut. We'll say all five were maple this time. Maple's feeling good today. Uh, you got three donuts left. So this tarot brings you inside O'Clock. And how he does so 
is the lizard climbs over the wall, holds on tight as the lizard climbs directly upward and down the other side, and a moment later, the door opens. Another Darrow riding another one of these lizards comes out and takes position where the last one just did, and the other one beckons you inside and goes, Name's Kachow! Kachow, nice to meet you. And he brings you inside. Aklok is a very geometric city. It is an octagon with perfectly equal walls on all of its eight sides. There is a gate on every other wall. These gates have a large road that heads directly to the center of the octagon where they cross in an X and continue on to the gate on the other side. There is a large building in the center where these roads cross. The inside of Aklok is pretty plain for the most part. Nothing here is particularly beautiful. Most of the colors are dull. There's no paint on anything. The fabrics being worn aren't dyed. There is relatively little plant life around. If it is around, it's generally in an area for it to be cultivated. The path in front of you is a large road that is made up of two different types of stone. The left side is a lighter color and looks smoother, while the right side seems to have rougher edges and is a darker color. This continues all the way down to the building in the center of this massive city. There isn't a lot of fair stress here, so your goggles aren't helping you see much, but there are a decent amount of torches around lighting up the area. This seems to be mostly for the large lizards that too inhabit the inside of this city. Because of the main roads intersecting in an X in the center of the octagon, the city is split into four quadrants. The northern and southern quadrant look very similar. They're just rows of residences that all look pretty much the same. Similar architecture, all built in a grid pattern. All of these side roads that lead down towards these residences have large stone signs next to them. The first one has a large round indentation on it. The second one has two large round indentations on it. And those seem to increase as you walk into the city more. And as you're walking, you hear a chorus of different sounds with these rocks banging amongst these crystals that all of the Darrow seem to use. The Darrow here are very orderly. They walk straight down these pathways with little need for their walking sticks that most of them are carrying. It seems they prefer to use their gloves and the sounds they create. And as you follow Kacho, you get closer to the center of the city. You pass by another building that looks like the temple you had seen at the docks with the symbol of the oval and the six circles around it above the door. This Darrow man continues walking past it, however, and continues around this building in the center of the city towards another temple almost identical to the one you just passed, but this one has the symbol of the oval with the curvy lines instead of the circles. Can I take a good look at the like crystal and rocks that they're using to hit against each other to make the sounds? Give me investigation. Six. There's a crystal in the thumb of every single glove, and all of the other ones have four rocks that look relatively similar. Can I see any of those rocks or crystals laying on the ground anywhere? It looks like these are probably manufactured somewhere. A lot of them look very similar. Okay. But it doesn't look like that's just stuff that's just laying around. It's different than the stones that are making up the walkways. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. Do these different rocks along the side of the pathway have, like, a purpose? Well, yes. The right side always goes towards the city, the rough stone, so you know which direction you're going. While the left side is smoother, so you, you always know which way you're facing. Oh, I was going to say, wouldn't you know just left or right, but I guess you don't know which direction you're... Okay, cool. Is that, like, a building for the 
Order of the Nathrix? Yes. You do not go there. They teach lies. Okay. Sounds good. So he gets to this temple. He dismounts from his large lizard. He pulls out of his bag a loaf of bread. The bread is extremely soft, and he just, like, tears off a large piece with his hands with ease and whistles, and he tosses it into the air in the direction of the lizard. The lizard eagerly grabs it out of the air and chomps down on it for a moment. And he goes up to the lizard, pats it on the head, and goes, If I don't come out, you know what to do. And then he looks at all of you in your general direction. Follow me. <laughs> Lead the way. He walks with purpose and seems to know exactly where to go after touching his feet to the ground. He still has a spear in his hand, but is clicking his ring finger and his thumb together to make the sound of the rock hitting the gem. This is the second highest note you've heard from him as he walks through the archway into this single floor temple. The floor here is a stone that has a nice little sound as you walk with it each step, pass underneath the sigil, and going inside you can see this place is used often. Stone benches laid out in orderly rows. It is a simple square building, and along the three other walls from the one you arrived, there are carvings into the walls on the lower half. There are a few Darrow here currently seated at these benches, and one man up at the front of this temple by the carvings who is speaking to the Darrow who are seated here. He is a dwarf-like man with gray skin, much like some of the prisoners you saw building the barge. As you enter, his eyes go wide as he looks directly at at you. Kacho continues, Hey folks, sorry to interrupt you, uh, you mind giving us a moment with Grimmond here? The few Darrow who are here all get up and start clicking their rocks or tapping their walking sticks as they slowly leave the temple, leaving only you all, Kacho, and Grimmond, this Dorger. This here is Grimmond, one of the only non-Darrow allowed in Aklok. He gave up his eyes to the Nathrix to become one of us and become a follower of the Nathrix. Not one of those order losers who are all scared of the thing. He is one of the few to survive a head-on encounter with the gods, so he was chosen worthy of losing only his eyes instead of his life. Now he helps others learn that following the Nathrix is the only way to salvation. He has eyes that looked at us? Yeah. And they don't look milky or anything? No, he's got pupils. He looked directly at us. Yep. Grimmond quickly rushes to put on his gloves and bangs some of the high rocks a few times before saying, Kacho, is that you? Oh, oh, you brought some tall friends with you. How does he know we're tall? Kacho says, Teach them the story of how we came to be and your experience with the Nathrix. Yeah, we're dying to hear it. Sure, let me do that for you. Come on in, outsiders. If you, too, give your eyes up to the Nathrix, you may live here in peace with the Darrow and understand the loving vengeance of our savior, the Nathrix. Okay. Hold up, boss. Um. Oh, you're over there. And he clicks the fingers. Can we insight this? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Give me insight. 18. <laughs> Oof. This guy obviously sees you. He has his vision and he is doing his best to make it seem to Kacho that he has given up his eyes to the Nathrix. Okay. Does he look wealthy? Based on your initial look and your initial walk through Aklok, a lot of these Darrow like, aren't super wealthy in the same way you're used to seeing. What I will say is you can see that his glove has a different crystal than the other gloves you've seen. 
just different color or better quality or something. It's a different color and it makes a slightly different sound. Ah. Yo, Kerchu. Kacho! Right. Bless you. So could we have just a little bit of time to like learn about this one-on-one with Grimace over here? I will be right outside. Perfect. Thank you so much for bringing us here. Don't do anything! Stupid. <laughs> you got it. Scout's honor. Kacho takes a moment and goes outside. There's a relatively long distance between you guys and him now. He's just outside. There is no like door to this temple. So we're the only ones in the room now? You four and Grimmond, yeah. I just want to take my shield and throw it at him and see if he catches it or not. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, give me strength. Throwing a heavy shield would be strength. 21. You're easily able to chuck this thing. Not trying to hurt him. I just I just want to, like, you know... <laughs> but do it <laughs> throw, fast yeah. enough where it's dangerous. And he instinctively throws his hand up and is able to catch it and make sure it doesn't make sound. So you're blind, huh? Hey, don't fucking say anything. And he hands the shield back over to you. I'm going to take it back from him. I'm going to stay up nice and close to him, kind of stand over him. So you can explain yourself or what? Listen, listen. I got sent away from my village. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't want to turn a slave to the drow. So I came here and they were like, hey, if you follow the Nathrix. So I was like, yeah. And they took me to the Nathrix. And then I told them that I like went to see the Nathrix and they blinded me. And I just ran away, and they took me back in, because I told them I was blind. Alright, so what else are you getting out of this? Not being a slave to the drow. <laughs> That's all? That's all? You're not getting a little extra in your pocket? I mean, they pay me to teach people about the Nathrix, because uh-huh. like, I've uh-huh. had experience with the Nathrix. Okay, okay. Here's the deal. If you want to keep your little secret, you don't want to be a slave anymore, you're going to take us to the Nathrix, and you're going to keep it our secret. I'm not I'm not going back there. You're taking us or you go back to being a slave. Which one is it going to be? Whoa. <laughs> Damn, Jet. Give me intimidation. 11. I've gotten really good at this. They understand that like I'm doing the clicks and then I know like they know they know I don't see. I'll tell you how to find the thing. I'm not fucking going back there. I mean, that's really all we need is Jet. It's just to know where he is, right? How are we going to trust him that he doesn't put us in the wrong direction? I mean, look at the walls. I'm going to look at the walls. On the walls, you see all these stone carvings. This is the story of the Darrow. I think it's bullshit, but it tells you exactly where the Nathrix is. Can you explain it to me? If he's going to be explaining it, I want to take like a video of the explanation with the map in the background. He doesn't do a huge ton of detail for you. He's he's going quick. And he kind of just shows you the different stone carvings. The first one is two gnomes, a woman with long hair on a small boat, and one gnome carrying a large sack with an arrow in his shoulder. Behind them are more boats on this river. They both look angry, the two gnomes. The next one on this wall The gnomes have gotten off of their boat by a large waterfall, the bottom of a large waterfall. One of these boats that was behind them is falling down the waterfall and people are falling off the boat. Next, the gnomes are fighting each other under a large mushroom. The woman has a handful of gold in her hands and the man seems to be screaming at her as he's bleeding from the arrow wound. 
Now, they enter a cave mouth at the bottom of a large hill that is covered by large mushrooms. The cave entrance is sharp and in the shape of a triangle. Inside the cave, they encounter the Nathrix. Large eye in the center, three eyes on tentacles on its top, and three eyes on tentacles underneath. The next scene you see is a close-up of the gnomes, smiling, pupilless. The bag of gold on the ground, spilling out onto the cave floor. The final scene here has the gnomes walking out of this cave, holding hands as they continue up the steep hill filled with large mushrooms. Xander, you were able to get that whole video, all the intricacies of the story, as well as Grimmin talking about it. Here's a question. If all of the followers are blind, who made this? You can still make art when you're blind. This detailed? It's incredible. Some Daryl are very good at carving. They just gotta feel it. And he clicks the highest of the rocks. Now what does that mean? I know how it works, but I don't get it. The deepest one is better for like getting general in like a long, wide distance. And the higher it goes, it's for closer distances, but for more detail. Oh. Something about the waves travel farther when they're deeper and then come back. The faster sound waves with the highest ones come back to your ears faster and and they can like see shit. Like they can see what you look like. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. There's this one extraterrestrial being that I was like doing a lot of research on that had a very similar thing. It was all encased inside the mouth, though. Very like lizard like. They could click the one tongue against their teeth, and that was how they'd see. It's fascinating stuff. That's terrifying. Okay. So that's the story. How do we find Nathy? How do we find that triangle cave? Follow the channels to the waterfall, then get off, and then the mushroom forest. Keep going downhill from the mushroom forest, you'll find that triangular cave. (sighs) Okay. How easy is it to get lost in the mushroom forest? So as long as you keep heading downward, it should be all right. How long are we expected to travel before we run into this thing? Depends how fast you can make it down the moonless channels. If you're going by walking, it's going to take you a couple days. No, we have a boat. Perfect. Take the boat. You'll be good. I'm going to look over at Blueberry. Do you want to keep an eye on Xander through the mushroom forest, or do you want me to? I mean, I can do it. I just don't want him getting into anything. Yeah. All right. All right. So we know where we're going. We know about how long. Are we expected to run into any trouble on the way? For sure. Like what? I don't know, man. The Darrow don't take the moonless channels. They can't feel the ground when they're on the boats. All I know is the moonless channels can be dangerous sometimes. But, like, that's your fastest way. Have your teachings, or at least learning of the Nathrix, have you come across anything that might help us? You know, anything we should be aware of regarding the Nathrix? Or, you know, if it has any possible weaknesses? uh... I don't know, man. They all think this thing's a god. They, like, send stuff to appease the thing. And, you know, when drow come here, we capture them, turn them to stone, take them down there, and then feed it to the Nathrix. But that happens, like, once every couple of months. Are the mushrooms in the forest dangerous? No, it's actually really bright down there, too. It's, like, it's kind of nice. And they don't scream? No, why would mushrooms scream? Uh, Some do. 
Is it dangerous to look into the Nathrix's eyes? You looking at the Nathrix isn't a big deal. What about it looking at us? Yeah, that's the problem. Don't look at those lizards either. What do you mean? He fed one. Okay, maybe they like you then, because that shit's scary. What do they do? You ever seen a drow just immediately turn to stone? The lizards turn people what? to stone? Uh... Holy shit, that's dope as fuck. Can we get a lizard? <laughs> Guys, how do we get a lizard? Now, don't say anything, please. I'm trusting you. I gave you everything you could want. Just don't say anything. Don't ruin this for me. I'm going to shove my shield into him and, and pin him against the wall. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Come on. If I hear at any point that you are taking advantage of these people, I will come back here and I will find you. You understand? All right, man. Let me go. I'm going to let him go. Guys, head out of the temple. All right, you're leaving now, right? And he leads you out of Oclock. So as everyone's walking away, I'm gonna turn back to Kacho. Good looks, bro. Appreciate you uh, helping us out here, getting us uh, the info that we need. We'll be sure to drop off a copy of the map for your brochures or for you know any travelers coming through. And uh, honestly, you know, it may, it reminded me. You ever heard about? The tragedy of Bofides. I do not know Bofides. Ah, see, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, Bofides nuts, and I'll run away. Oh, get up! <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there. Xander, it feels like this lizard is glaring at you as you are running <laughs> away. You can feel its eyes burning into the back of your skull as you're running. Ah, I'm using that one! <laughs> I'll throw a donut behind me for the lizard. I have a question. Yeah? Can I cast magic stone on the donuts? You know what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> because that that's Just... not mechanically game-breaking in any way. All right, sweet. <laughs> okay, so we just take the boat... Just to the waterfall, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if we trust that guy, that's that's where we got to go. Well, at least he'll be easy to get back to if uh, if something bad happens. Then we could take care of him. What does that mean? I don't know. Chet was real mad at that guy. So if we need to, like, we can come back for him, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry about that, guys. I just, I, I get a little angry at when, when people take advantage of others. I, I just had a bad feeling about him. It's okay. He seems shady as hell. I think he was just trying to survive. There's survival, and then there's the taking advantage in the end, which I believe he's doing. I mean, like, I can see where he's coming from. Like, he was kicked out of his place. He was trying to just not be a slave, and they put him there. And he's just telling them that it's not true, because he'll either become a slave or get killed. Both of those seem less good than just, like, being uh, the head of some wackadoodle cult, you know? But that's just me. So are we gonna getting in the boat? Uh, yeah. Let's let's get going. Let's uh let's hop in. So this rowboat has three rows of seats. The first one can only fit one person. The second two can fit two people. Where is everyone sitting? I guess I'll sit in the front because I have dependable dark vision. I think I can see farther. Oh, that's true. Maybe you should go first. So you can see further. All right. 
Jed, you just want to handle Rowan or do you want help? Yeah, I'll I'll take care of it. It's fine. We'll say the rows are in the middle, so Sebastian and Blueberry are in the back. Need a good workout today. I will give Jet some guidance for easy rowins. Jet, you start rowing. Is there anything you guys want to do on this more calm portion? Um, while it's calm, I want to look at my camera, see if there's anything, or like make sure I, I know what we're looking for based on that video. You take out the video. Jet, Sebastian, Blueberry, you're hearing the waves. You're hearing Jet rowing. You also start to hear the video. So you start to hear Grimmond speaking. Xander, you don't hear that. The one who has the sight. We have not seen one like you in some time. Enjoy the gifts you have been delivered. Namora. Xander's the only one who hears this. What the fuck? What the fuck? I think my video's corrupted. Hold on, I'm gonna watch it again. Xander, you hear the same thing? Everyone else, you can, like, hear it out loud. He's playing it from his camera. You're five feet away. You can hear Grimmin talking. This shit sound right to you? Yeah. Sounds just like when we were there. Just the guy rambling away. What the fuck? So y'all didn't hear, like, the spooky voice of God or whatever? (laughs) What? Did he already get into mushrooms? We haven't even gotten there yet. I know. What could he have gotten? Mm, hang on. This might be another Nomura situation. Remember how I was talking about how I could I kept seeing that word? And I thought, like, since I was seeing that word, and then we had little green Nomura pop up, and we was like, oh, that must be Nomura. He's a little, like, he's a little spooky boy. But, like, maybe, okay, something seems, something seems funky here. I, but I thought we solved that with Nomura here. Well... I mean, since I he- I'm hearing Satan's butthole talking to me right now, clearly not. What? Where's Namora? That whole big old thing killed him. Remember, and I haven't I haven't like asked them to come back. Maybe that's him, like asking to come back, or he's mad at you, or something. I will scroll through my camera real quick to the find familiar setting and click that to summon him back. Yo, buddy, are you are you mad at me? Do you know how to speak in like uh, Satan's ringtone? Like, what, what? How do you how you doing? Namora immediately dives into the water and comes back out with a small fish. All right, good talk. I don't think it was him, guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching this video. I'm seeing if, if I can decipher what was being said and just uh, let us know if you get anything. I guess and maybe we can help. All right, all right, so this is what I figured out. The one who has the sight slash the eyes, we have not seen one like you slash us in some time. Enjoy the gifts you've been delivered slash bound. Crickly cackles, Namora Blightmore. Namora Blightmore? Is that like his last name? I don't know, it's a pretty dope last name. Honestly, that's like an emo rapper right there. On it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
I don't know what the fuck that means. As long as you guys can hear the video, I guess we're 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 good. But I'm saving this one. Uh, <laughs> that's concerning. All right, everybody, let's take five. Irreverent, lawless, and loads of chaotic fun. Welcome to Loners by D.B. Bray and Wahida Clark. A mess of merry mercenaries led by our main hero, if you could call him that, Yari Rockjaw, who is just aching to put his bounty hunting days behind him and finally live the quiet life he's craved all these years. You see, bounty hunting is a complicated job. Some love you, most despise you. But one thing was certain. If Yari received your contract, you were as good as dead. This book promised to be such good fun, and let me tell you, it did not disappoint. It is a rip-roaring, hearty adventure full of humor and plenty of fast-paced action scenes. The tempo is set from the get-go and continues relentlessly throughout the story, with D.B. Bray and Wahida Clark never letting their foot off the throttle. As they lurch from one misadventure to the next, things become slightly more complicated, and Yari and his bunch of loners find themselves in one impossible predicament after another. So, if you're looking for a new book that'll grab your attention immediately and will take you on one hell of an adventure, look no further than Loners. And be sure to grab the audiobook, narrated by Walt Allen, who truly brings all of these unique characters to life and describes this beautiful world flawlessly. Loners, by D.B. Bray and Wahida Clark. Pick up your copy of the audiobook today on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. Quiet on set! We're rolling in three, two, one, action! You continue down the Moonless Channels. The Moonless Channels is going to act in a way kind of like a skill challenge. It is loosely based on the idea of a skill challenge. These channels will have different paths set ahead of you, and you get to pick which path you take as long as you still have control of the boat. A normal skill challenge is based on how many successful skill rolls you can get before you get a certain amount of failures. This is more of a, can you get to the end of the Moonless Channels without dying or having your boat break? Uh, hmm. uh, uh. Your boat has an AC of 10 and 50 HP. Ryan, you're going to keep track of boat health for me. On it. You can all use all of your abilities as normal, all your spells, all your items, all your different checks, all that stuff to overcome obstacles. How we're going to do this, we're going to keep one initiative this whole time. You don't always have to do something on your turn, but this will keep it more fair so one person isn't doing everything in all the following encounters. You set out onto the other side of the lake that you had entered from the east last episode. To your left is a tunnel that comes off of the first lake, and to the right, it seems like this lake conjoins with a second one, where the water continues that direction. And before we make any decisions, I do want to get an initiative. Ooh. Twelve. Eight. Seventeen. Dirty twenty. Ooh. Which direction are you heading? Jet, you have control right now. So there is a tunnel to your left, as well as there is this more larger lake to your right. So I'm probably going to be facing backwards. So whoever is in front of me. You'd be facing Blueberry and Sebastian. I'm in the front of the boat. You guys are back to back. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say who's behind me will tell me which direction to go so that I could just focus on rowing. And I'm going to have to reverse it 
so that you know which way to go based on your orientation. Oh, God. Yo, take the tunnel. Uh, boat left. And I'm going to start rowing more to go to the left. You start moving your boat to the tunnel on the left. The tunnel is relatively dark, but you can see there is fair res along the surface of the water that lights the cave walls all around you. The tunnel is 20 foot tall, and you can see that there are stalactites above you and a plethora of all this fair res here. You can see even in the water, there's fair res below the surface, which you haven't seen much previously. This seems to be because there is an abundance of plant life in this area. You can also see that the water starts to move quicker. So, Jet, you have to do less work as the water is propelling the boat forward. There are weeds and vines growing out of the wall and up from below the surface. The current begins to move a bit faster and a bit more downhill. That is until your boat suddenly stops forward progress and all of you jolt ahead in your seat as the moment carries you. Uh. What? The boat is still. Sebastian, you're first in initiative. Why aren't we moving? Can I just peek over the edge and see if we are stuck on anything? Give me investigation. 14. You look down, there are two large groups of these sticky vines, basically, that have been growing up from underneath, and they were tangled all together. Um, And it looks like your boat is caught in those. Ew. Can I try to reach down and... Nope, because that was your action. Rip. Okay. (laughs) There's vines. Uh, Stop at the boat. They're reaching up. I'll let you guys take care of it, and I'll play a song for Jet in the meantime as my bonus action. We are going to take out Daisy and sing him a little song. Row, row, row your boat gently down the channel. Scarily, 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 please don't drop your paddle. <laughs> Blueberry, that is your turn. You you now know that there are these vines holding you back. I'm going to try to thorn whip under the boat at an angle just to clear through some of them. Give me a tackle. Okay, 24. Oh, for sure. Six piercing. You're able to cleave some of these vines off. Blueberry. Yeah? What's your armor class? 15. From above, you hear a small... (laughs) As a large stalactite with an eye lands on your head. (laughs) That is six piercing damage. As this piercer falls from the ceiling... And hits you. Ow! You can see this thing quickly climbs up and out of the boat into the water. Ah! Gross! You'd stay out of here! Xander, you're up. Oh, what the hell was that? And I'll shoot an Eldritch Blast at the thing. Two Eldritch Blasts. 18 for the first one? Yep. Ow! Five damage. And then I'm going to use my inspiration on this because I don't want to roll a nat one on this. (laughs) That's better than a nat one, but still doesn't hit. It's an 11. 11 does not hit. Jet, it is your turn. But what you can see is 
another one of these things crawling along the ceiling, moving closer to the boat. Okay, I, I want to swing at the biggest bundle of vines closest to me. Seven. That's going to miss. Give me your second attack. Can I use my bonus action first? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to cast Searing Smite, and then I'm again going to swing at the biggest bundle closest to me. And that will be a 17 this time. Very much hits. You do 17 damage with that Searing Smite. This completely shatters this big group of vines as the boat jolts forward. Unfortunately, that puts this thing right above you, Jet, and it has a held action to drop. That is a 19 to hit. Oh, that hits. That is only two piercing damage. Okay, all right, I'll take that. That's not bad. It also climbs out of the boat and into the water, but it does look like the boat is moving ever forward. Does somebody get an opportunity attack as it leaves his range? I don't know if it goes that far away or not. Yeah, it would. So I guess both Xander and Jet would have a chance to slash at it if they wanted. I can fire an Eldritch Blast at it. Ooh, with Warcaster? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's a no for a 10. All right, Jet, you smacking at it? Could I instead go for the oars and try to row a little more? To speed us up. You can start grabbing the oars. You start going faster. And as the boat finally gets free, you continue on through this tunnel. It is slowly getting louder ahead of you as you can hear the water starting to rush faster and faster. The boat is being pulled forward by the current. And the tunnel looks like it's going to slope steeply downward in, oh, I don't know, I'd say about six seconds. So everyone has a turn to do something if they want. Oh, God. Guidance for Jet. I want to absolutely brace myself as much as humanly possible. I'm going to brace for an epic ride, but like more like a I'm amped kind of like brace. Like you're hooking in your feet, but the arms are going up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I'm ready to like go full arms up, like down the roller coaster. That adrenaline junkie's kicking in. Jet's knowledge, thinking that you have to speed up when you're going to these things. I'm going to row as hard as I can to speed us up. You're starting to row real fast. You feel it backwards, but the rest of you feel like that classic roller coaster drop. It is not quite a 90 degree angle, but it is pretty harsh right now. Jet, you have a little bit of control as you're going really fast. Right now, there's a big ass rock in your way. Oh, boat left. Boat left. Give me an athletics check. You are inspired and you have guidance. I have 16. What do I do with the guidance and all that? 16 passes. As you get around this big rock, You can see Xander ahead of you. There's a very narrow corridor. It looks like he's going to have to do like a quick left then right and just at the right time. Left then right and it's going to be tight. So that's right and take flight. I don't know. (laughs) Bars. Left and right. Let's make it tight. Oh. Ew. Uh, Give me another (laughs) athletic check. Jet, this one looks like it's going to be a little harder to get around. Oh, God. That's a two. Uh, So five plus... Yeah, plus uh, inspiration. What do I do with my inspiration? Do you have actual inspiration? Yeah, I do. So I just re- re-roll. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I am using that. Oh my God, I rolled a two again. Ah. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a D8 now. It is a D8 now. And oh. a D4. The max you could get is 14. I wonder if that's enough. Uh, I got a three. And then D4. 
That's 11 altogether. The max you could get was a 14. The DC was 14. (gasps) You scrape real hard against these rocks as you're going down. (laughs) The boat takes 10 damage. Ooh. And I need dexterity saving throws from everyone. Oh, fuck. 18. Oh, 10. 10. Uh, 5. You go a quick left, you go a quick right, just at the edge of this corridor. Jet gets too high up on this slalom wall. And Blueberry, Jet, and Xander fall into the water. Sebastian, you're the only one left in the boat. (gasps) Oh my god! (laughs) Ahead are very harsh rapids. Sebastian, you have a chance to grab the oars. Give me an athletics check. Yup. Oh, that was a 17. 17 fails. What do you mean? (laughs) These rapids are harsh. There are a lot of rocks here. The boat is taking only five damage. Okay. Sebastian, I need a deck saving throw. Oh my God. I'm stressed. Seven. Sebastian is also thrown from the boat. The boat has not capsized. It is just going alone in the water. I have a plan. Blueberry, Jet, and Xander, as you guys are all taking these rapids without the help of your boat, give me athletics checks to try to swim through it and not get too hurt yourselves. Oh, 12. 15. 16. All fail. Wow. God damn. You're also just taking that five damage. You guys are all in the water. The boat has continued ahead in front of you. You can see a vent in the water somewhere. Underneath it is spewing green. It's almost like an acidic substance into the water and is bubbling up. Oh. The boat has no one in it, and you can see that it gets stuck in this area of bubbles without the weight and is currently floating in this acidic substance. We are back to the top with Sebastian. You're in a pretty calm area of water now. Okay. But the boat is in this acidic area. I probably can't climb any sort of wall or swim up to a wall or anything, right? I mean, there are tunnel walls around you. There isn't like a shore on either side, but you could try to climb up the walls. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to try to get over to a wall and just try to try to cling on. I'm going to Take my rope, not unlimited rope, but normal rope. How far am I from my nearest friend? You guys are all within like five, ten feet of each other right now. Sebastian's a little farther away just because he swam to the wall to grab on to, you know, catch his breath. Could I pass off my rope to Jet? Or does he need to take an action? Or does he need to do something to take it? No, I will let you like that just be like a quick thing that happens. Okay, I will say, tie this in a moment, okay? And I'm gonna bonus action, wild shape, into a giant octopus. Ew! (laughs) Oh shit, you could do swimming creatures now? Yeah. I didn't know you could, that's awesome. Not flying, but swimming. And then I'm gonna swim to the boat. As you enter this area, give me a con saving throw. Mm Mm-hmm. Four. You're going to take seven acid damage. So I get to the boat? You get to the boat. You still have an action. Can I, like, 
push it or pull it to the side out of this um out of this aesthetic place. Yes, I'm gonna give you athletics check. I'm gonna give you advantage because you're a yeah. Give me your tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen. Easily able to move it. Are you pushing it past this acidic thing? Back slash to the side, closer to the wall. You're able to move it backwards a little bit and over to like kind of where Sebastian is. Exactly. Xander, that's your turn. Yeah, I had a whole plan too. Like I was ready to get it, but the octopus got it first. So I'll get in the boat and I'll help everyone else up. Same Z's. Yeah, I'm a jump. At some point, my tentacle is trying to grab onto rope at some point. My tentacle is available. I'll flail rope towards tentacle. Jet, you still have one side of the rope. Tentacle has other side of rope. And I will tie said end of rope to front of boat. You guys moved the boat before the boat took any acid damage. (laughs) Blueberry, what are you doing with your end of the rope? I want to tie it around myself and then also hold on to it with one tentacle. And you're just going to try to start pulling the boat yourself instead. Yeah, reindeer. (laughs) You're blitzening this very nicely, able to drag the boat around this acidic vent. Yeah, if I could like keep an eye out for something like that ahead, I would. Give me perception. 23. 23 perception. Okay, I will keep that in mind going forward. I would like to do the same for above the water. Give me perception. I got a 15. I am a giant octopus, by the way. And by that, I don't mean a big octopus. I mean like horse-sized octopus. That's horrible. We got the kraken. Is it a medium creature? It's large. I'm assuming, is it a blue octopus or are you doing your white with spots? It's white with gray spots. As this path starts to level out from the steeper areas behind you, the water is much calmer and almost stagnant in this much wider area that you come up on. You are still in the cave system, but again, it's water. The water is nice and still. Xander, just off to the side of this straight tunnel, you can see a small area that's out of the water, almost like a shelf. It looks dry, and it looks as if people have been here before. From what you can see, there looks to be remnants of a fire that was made here long before. There's a long-forgotten corpse here. Only bone remains with some dirty personal belongings. The fire pit area seems like it initially sat four or five people long ago. The belongings that are here look dirty and old, especially from a distance. A leather cloak spread out amongst the ground, some dusty boots still on the body, a tattered and bloody tan shirt, and a ripped open satchel that looks void of anything inside. Alright, so I don't mean to alarm any of y'all, but there's a place up ahead where we could rest, but it looks like something happened. We could rest, but we might get killed. Your call. I mean, I think we should check it out. We might have to do some repairs to this boat. How's everybody else feeling? Uh, okay. I'm not opposed, I guess. Alright, yeah, uh, boat right. Blueberry, what are you doing about being a giant octopus? I'm staying an octopus. Okay. The rest of you jump out of the boat. I'll drag the boat up onto the edge with me. I can I can speed 10 feet out of water and hold my breath out of water for one hour. I would like to investigate the former campsite. Give me an investigation. 21. There's no remnants of tents or anything. 
there is a small area where there is the fire pit that you saw earlier. Then there is a corpse nearby, completely skeleton, no flesh left, nothing. And on that corpse is the tattered and bloody tan shirt, the ripped open satchel, and the dusty boots. And then about 20 feet away from that is a leather cloak that's just like spread out amongst the ground. Can I kick the skeleton into the water? Get that out of here. (laughs) And then I'll look at the cloak. I would like to approach at least with a knife out. Can I make it so that it's like a readied action? If it moves or something, I just, yeah. You were like, well, that's kind of weird. Why is it 20 feet away? And it does indeed move. And you can take that slice. 23. 23 definitely hits. Six damage. As this thing lunges at you, you can see it looks like a leather cloak until you start to see its underbelly. That's cool shit. (gasps) I love it. This thing shows a face with teeth that is underneath. It almost looks like a large manta ray that is made of leather. It's got this long tail. It goes to bite at you and it misses, but it also swings that tail around. And that is a 16 to hit. That hits. That's five slashing damage. Jet, you're up. I am going to run up 30 feet right next to it and take a big old swing right at its face. 24. Easy. Six. As a bonus action, going to cast Searing Smite. Then we are going to attack again. And that is 25. Definitely hits. It has to do a constitution saving throw for that Searing Smite damage. That is a nat one. It very much fails the con save. Okay, so it's 14 damage total. Goddamn. We are back to the top with Bastion. I'm just going to scream and shoot a crossbow at it. 22. Very much hits. Go ahead. Seven piercing damage. So I line up and shoot the blanket. Blap. (laughs) That's it. All right, octopus blueberry. Okay, now I can only move 10 feet as a giant octopus, but luckily my tentacles have a reach of 15 feet. So I'll move a bit closer to it. And from about 10 feet away, I guess I will whip some tentacles at him. 22 to hit. Definitely hits. That's 12 bludgeoning damage. Yeah. Damn. Also... He's grappled in my tentacles. <laughs> That's it. It is now grappled, though, by tentacly blueberry. That is this thing's turn. It has to make con saving throw. It does? Yep. Oh, okay. At the start of each of its turns until the spell ends. That is a natural 20. Damn it. All right. It, uh, it's good now. It is not good, though, because it is grappled. So you can see this thing start to try to get out of the grasp of Blueberry's tentacle and freaks out. It's going to bite for Xander again. Xander, that's a 17 to hit. Yeah, it hits. As a reaction, can I use protection? It's a 23, so it still hits. Son of a bitch. So it bites onto Xander, and as this thing bites, it wraps around him. Grapple section. So yeah, it's a grappled <laughs> creature is now grappling me. This is not technically a grapple. 
It is attached to you. Oh. It is going to swing around with that tail. 14 hits you, Xander. That is my armor class. That one is five slashing damage. I have been hit with five damage four times. Xander, that's your turn. What are the chances that you will let me try to coax it with a donut to become my friend? After you've already been attacking it? Well, it was it surprised me, but now it's weak and wants food. It's like Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta weaken it a little bit before you catch it. <laughs> Where the fuck are you gonna put the donut? It's currently gnawing on your chest. I'm gonna I'm gonna place it in front of what I assume is its nose and just be like Shh, buddy, it, oh, it, we can be friends. I'll feed you. I'll keep you safe. So that's what you want to do. I would love to do that. Give me persuasion with disadvantage. First one's 18, and the second one, 17. Fuck you. Oh, Fuck you. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> it's a man teen. It. Let's go of you. And it does attach itself to this donut. This one's going to be a stretch, but I'd like to talk to Nomura. Is that is that an action? Is that something that I can... I mean... I allow people to talk during combat, so you can just talk to Nomura. So I'm just like thinking to Nomura, I don't know if you can communicate with this thing on any level, but please try and tell it that we're friends. What languages does Nomura know? That is a great question. Abyssal in common. Namora goes up and tries Abyssal, and this thing doesn't seem to react. Well, can, can I try the same thing in Celestial and Infernal? Super quick, just like, we're friends, we're friends, we're friends. This thing's just gnawing on the donut. All right, last thing I'll say is just quickly to everyone, stop attacking. I want to see if we can make it friends. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I already got one weird friend. I can have another. Chat, you're up. Do your thing. I'm going to use uh, land hands. I'll give him 10 health. Ooh, thank you. Sebastian. All right. Uh, good luck. I'll walk up and give him a pat on the back. Just the first level cure wounds. Eight health for you. Damn, I'm feeling good. Blueberry, you're up. I'm just going to move 10 feet closer. Are you keeping your grapple? Okay, you're keeping the grapple. That is this thing's turn. It is going to continue eating the donut, but Blueberry, it feels like it's wriggling. Its action is going to try to get out of the grapple. That's a 21. Damn, yeah. It uses its action to get out of the grapple. Xander, how hard are you holding on to this donut? It's more or less just... I just have my fingers like around the side so that it doesn't bite me. It's just biting it. So not a good grip on it. It's a donut. I can't squeeze it. So it grabs the donut out of your hand and it starts trying to float away. And there are three people in its melee range. Is anyone taking opportunity attacks? Jet, Sebastian or Blueberry? No. Nope, nope, nope. This thing continues going. You can see it gets 40 feet away from you. Do you guys want to continue an initiative? You want us to let this thing go? Do we have any donuts left? Two. I've got two left. Is it the vegan one? Oh, are there any vegan ones? Roll me 2d6. If it's a six, it's vegan. I got a six. 
Okay, so there's one vegan one left, and I've got one regular one left. Okay, can I have the regular one? I mean, yeah, sure. I just want to throw it towards the, the monster. Give me athletics for a donut throw. That's a nat one. <laughs> oh, you just threw it straight into the ground. He hates Nomura. <laughs> Nomura's like flying around over the water looking for food, and you hit Nomura with this donut, and it falls right into the water below. Dude, what the hell? Oh, buddy, buddy, I'm sorry. Nomura's going to spit at him. <laughs> I'll give Xander another pat on the back and just be like, you know, if, if it's meant to be, he'll come back. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to put the last donut right on the ground where we were. I'll walk back to like where the campsite was. I'm going to take a quick breath of water and walk back to the campsite. I want to take a good look at the boat and see what's the condition of it. It's looking pretty good. It's sturdy. Does not look good. It's got some dings and dents, but it's hanging in there. At this campsite, is there any wood laying around or anything? Doesn't look like it. Damn. Any of the wood that's left over from like where they had fires is charred and burnt. It wouldn't be structurally sound enough. Nah. I'm just going to judecraft some moss over, like, the dings. <laughs> oh. Spend a few minutes just giving it some nice cushion. <laughs> Ryan, how much health does the boat have? 35. We're hanging in there. You guys getting back in the boat and heading down? Yeah. yeah. Let's get right back in the boat. Should I steer it again as an octopus? Is that more effective than rowing? I don't know. I would probably allow, like, in athletics with advantage. That sounds pretty good. If we go through those rapids again? Question. If I am steering as octopus, I won't be able to see the directions of the water while also looking for, like, dangerous acid vents. I could be watching from above, and I could just, like, tug on the rope in different directions, left or right. But I'm pulling the rope. I don't know if I'm going to feel that or not. You'd feel like a tug in one direction, wouldn't you? Would she be able to tell if we uh, like slapped the water with the oar on one side or the other? That could be our way of telling her direction, slap the water with the oar on the left to go left. You got two eyes. Yeah, I'll do an up and down, a little dolphin thing. Hey. Just go sideways in the water so one eye is out <laughs> and the other Because <laughs> that's how octopuses move through the water, sideways. <laughs> Look, they can do whatever they want. They're octopuses. Octopodes. All right, giant... Octoberry is back. Rope around my middle, holding on with my tentacle for just a little bit of extra security. You're able to move the boat pretty simply. And this next area, it seems like these tunnels fork in three directions. Before we super get going, I'm going to pop up out of the water and point a tentacle at Sebastian and at his guitar and do an octopusy hum like a... I will strum along with the tone of her hum trying to match the pitch <laughs> so you give her mm. bardic yes <laughs> okay i pull mush you got left center and right do they look different they all look pretty much the same they just look like they're going in different directions can i see further with my 120 feet you can you cannot see anything that would distinguish them right now though boat left i pull the boat to the left this tunnel is much shallower than the past ones you have been in. Underneath the water, blueberry especially, you can see these sharp stalagmites coming up from beneath the dark. It looks like some of them are sticking up all throughout the path ahead. Dodging them! Whoever's in the boat, give me athletics 
and you can use advantage as Blueberry is pulling the boat because she can just see the stalagmites because I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I, I stick one tentacle out like a kind of periscope and I like point at <laughs> stalagmites. I only got a 13. Nine. Jet. With advantage, you got a nine? I, I rolled a six and a three. Unfortunately, the boat scrapes a couple of these stalagmites. Not as bad as it could be. That is taking six damage. And then, as you go through, it looks like the few paths you had recently seen now all converge into one as the water begins to pick up speed. This is the deepest the water has been so far. You can see the water rushing ahead. And suddenly there is this dense mist obscuring the view in front of you. The ones in the boat. A beautiful creature Uh pokes its head and naked torso out of the water ahead of you. It looks different to each of you and always beautiful in whatever way your character sees beauty. This man, woman, creature, whatever it is, begins singing aloud a simple hummed melody that resonates through your brains. The three of you give me wisdom saving throws. Blueberry from underneath the water This creature looks like it was once humanoid, has a tattered dress on. It looks undead from under the water. Can we all say what our what it looks like to us? Mine is gonna look like a wet Is it just John Stamos? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, are you serious? A wet shirtless John Stamos. (laughs) Oh my god. It is this homemade banty crop top chick with like long dark purple hair tatted up and you can see the fishnets rising above her skinny jeans and it's just wonderful. So mine, it's kind of just like one of those like dark galaxies in front of us. I'm just seeing like a beautiful dark kind of sky but it's got like those swirls that you'd see if you saw something that was like a galaxy print. Ooh, okay. What everybody get for their wisdom saving throw? 16. 21. 13. For those of you that failed, which is just Xander. Xander, you see this galaxy seems to rise out of the water around it everything that was cave beforehand turns into these beautiful stars there's galaxies that are entwined you can see black holes you feels like you are floating on a boat in space it was like a hummed melody but now it is just this weird twinkling sound you can only hear this melody and one star ahead of you beckons you forth. For those of you that passed, this thing in the water remains beautiful to you, but it sinks back into the water, and you can no longer hear the singing the others can, or Xander in this case. Instead, you now hear the roar of a waterfall. The drop you can see is just behind this cloud of mist. Jet, she was hot as fuck. Uh, if I have a choice, I'm going to go speedy, speedy, speedy forward. Towards the waterfall? Yeah. 
The roar of the waterfall grows louder as the boat leaves this tunnel into another large open cavern of the Underdark. The area glows a majestic purple around some large mushrooms that you don't have time to appreciate as the boat starts falling down this 80-foot waterfall. Uh. You're dropping. Xander, you feel the boat start to fall but you are just entwined by these stars. You jump out of the boat over the waterfall. Oh. At any point during this, do I regain any of my mental faculties? After you do that jump, it slowly changes, and now you can see that you are falling 80 feet. All right, can I pull out my berry of Featherfall? Let's go! God, I forgot! (laughs) God, that was going to fuck you up. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The boat, as you guys are all in it, is there anything else you would like to do as you guys are falling? It looks like the boat's going to protect you a little bit. Can I try to hold my shield above me like a kite? Mary Poppins, that shit? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to look up towards the waterfall as we're dropping and just scream, Fuck you, Jack Steve! (laughs) blueberry you're an octopus yep what are you doing i'm just i'm just i mean i'm in it now i'm just diving okay (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna take 18 points of bludgeoning damage okay that's not bad okay the boat however takes 27 points of bludgeoning damage oh my god (laughs) It didn't break. Oh, it didn't break. This boat is fucked, but it's still it's still going. It's, it's still just like trucking. a couple pieces of wood like stuck together with yeah. gum right now. But... The moss. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that on the behind the scenes, but yeah, I I expected that shit to break. Hey Colin, what's the behind the scenes? Hey, just fucking go Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that someone joins our Patreon just because of that. <laughs> if they do, send me a message on Discord and I'll you get a special shout out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah special shout out. I'll oblige. I'll leave this in for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> you guys fall down this massive waterfall. It is roaring. There's a lot of water here, and it is fast for everyone but Xander. You are truly Mary Poppinsing it as you see them crash into the bottom. The boat goes underneath the water for just a second, but pops back up and lands on the water. I'm looking up at Xander just floating down. I'm like, God, why didn't I think of that? Fuck! (laughs) This was dope. (laughs) (laughs) And you all land in this area. It looks like this river continues going, but to your left, a large mushroom forest. I'll pull the boat over to the left. Yeah, you pull the boat over to the left. You're able to easily get it back out onto the ground. It's mushroom time. I hope I find a liberty cap. <laughs> As we're getting out, I want to keep a close eye on Xander. I'm Anita Muscaria. Blueberry, are you staying an octopus? Looking for that laughing gym. If they're okay with going slow, <laughs> I'll take a big old breath of water and bobble along. We love some Gymnopolis lutifolius. Before we go to mushrooms, what is there across on the others on the right side? It doesn't look like there's anything that exciting from what you can see on the other side. Okay, I'm turning around and looking at the waterfall under the water. 
Blueberry, are you just gonna check every waterfall? Okay. Slowly, you move underneath this massive waterfall. There is a narrow area behind this waterfall (gasps) and is loud and precarious here. You do see as you move behind this sheet of water, a cave entrance above the surface. It has plant life in and around it, but not underdark plant life like you have seen around. There are flowers growing here, moss, even grass. And the cave seems to continue and has plant life all throughout it. I make a very loud... Is that a beckoning that you guys think? Or should we just let her do her thing? I'm gonna go see what's up. This looks like a cave. The cave continues with plant life aplenty. It is just a short walk before the small cave tunnel opens up into a glorious underground cavern. The whole place is lit (laughs) with a pocket of dense ferris res. It almost looks like this area is out in the middle of the day with how bright it is. There are beautiful colored flowers. There's allium and roses next to these bushes that have budding flowery vines. The middle of this large cavern is a giant weeping willow tree. It seems like it has been here for so long. The branches and leaves touch the ground all around it that you cannot even see the trunk in the center. Even from here, you can see it has good berries growing on its branches. Can I tell that these are legitimate good berries? Yeah, you get closer and they look exactly like the good berries you can create. I'm going to eat a good berry. You grab a good berry and you regain one HP. Yeah. Uh, Wait, wait. I would like to grab a good berry too. Okay. (laughs) Do I also gain one HP? You do. Fuck yeah. I'm back to full. I literally lost one HP and I don't remember (laughs) why. So now I'm set. Blueberry, from where you are, it is crazy that this willow tree has grown this much. And that it, it is almost a complete circle of just branches. This is beautiful. Can I, like, check out the whole trunk and everything? You push through to the inside of this tree. The branches and narrow leaves grazing you as you move into the center of this dome of branches. When you finally reach the inside, it is small. About a ten foot radius around this tree is not covered by these massive branches and leaves. The other thing that is really weird is the trunk of this tree is insanely thin. Like you could almost fit your entire hand around the trunk. The trunk splits in two about five foot into the air. And in the middle of this V shape created by the tree is a book. What the fuck? Um, Grab it. You octopus read him? Yeah, I'll octopus read it. The book is a journal from someone long past. There is no name associated with any of the pages. Reading, you can see they were not native to the Underdark, but were forced to live here. It is not clear why. They did not do well in such a dangerous place, so they set out to find a place where they can call home away from the dangers of the Underdark. They found this oasis hidden beneath the waterfall. They tended to the plants even though they did not need the help and they even lived here for quite some time. The last passage is written in a much more somber tone. Verbatim, it says, The deep dragon has seen me enter the oasis. I fear that if it does not find its prey, 
it will find its way in and destroy this place. I owe this place the happiest years of my life. I will lead the dragon away and never return. I am leaving Willow here until she can be of use to another. If you are reading this, you have found this place full of hope. I leave my earthly possessions and Willow. Simply put your hand around her and say the word, and she will protect you. Yo, wrap that tentacle around that, baby. I'm a point at Sebastian. Me? What do you want me to do? Point at the tree. I'll walk up to the tree and look over at Blue Bay. What what do I do? I'll show the passage. I'll point at the words hope. I'll point at Willow. I'll point at Oasis. I'll wrap my hand around the tree and say Willow. You can fit almost your entire hand around it. You say Willow. The tree quickly begins to collapse in on itself. Uh As if watching it grow in reverse. Oh no. (gasps) It collapses all the way down into a wooden staff that you're currently holding. (gasps) Whoa. Whoa. What? That was cool as shit, bro. Blueberry, this seems like it would be for you. But I'll hold on to it until you're not all slimy. (laughs) I mean, I'll pick it up, but I look really silly. (laughs) (laughs) As the tree reverts, you hear the telltale clang of a sack of coins hitting the ground. Uh, I'll look for it. it. It looked like it was up in this tree, and as it reverted, it fell down. Can I look in it? I'm going to need an aha already. There's 420 gold in here. Aha! <laughs> no, I meant like, because like 420. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a pirate. <laughs> aha. <laughs> aha! <laughs> nice. There's 420 gold in the satchel. Do you show us all that gold? Oh, yeah, of course. Everyone gets 105. Ooh. This place feels safe. We we should probably like rest up, make sure we all good for uh for the mushroom adventure. Feels like the only calm place we've been at since we've been down here. I wouldn't mind. I'll turn back into an elf and hold the staff. I just want to like spin it, look at it. And as you do so, Frederick pops out of your bag and starts running around in all of these flowers and bushes and everything. He hasn't had a lot of time out. (laughs) This basic idea I found online and absolutely loved it. So shout out to whoever made the original idea. I just tweaked it a bunch. This is the Willow Staff. It has a maximum of six charges that it can hold. After a long rest, you roll 1d6. And that's how much charges it regains. It can never have more than six. The user can use a number of charges equal to one of the following spells level to cast it without using a spell slot. Shield, pass without trace, and counter spell. (laughs) Damn. (gasps) To cast shield, you need one charge. To cast pass without trace, you need two charges. To cast counter spell, you need three charges. These do not work while in wild shape. To turn Willow into a Willow, you can use an action to plant one end of this staff into dirt and expend one charge to transform the staff into a healthy weeping willow tree. The tree is 40 foot tall 
It branches at the top, spread out in a 30-foot radius before touching the ground and acting like the alarm spell. The branches also have four good berry clusters growing off of them, which regrow 1d4 clusters every dawn. We're going to say a cluster is not 10 full ones. We're going to say it is five. Wow. Cool. Hell yeah. Damn. So for the first hour of the rest, is that when I get that? Yes. So then I will have Frederick stand up on top of it, and then I'll put it in the dirt and say willow. <laughs> you do so, it grows really quick, and Frederick grows up with it. You can see him running around all of the different branches. He's having a grand old time. You all get your long rest. Xander, there's something in your pocket. Blueberry, roll a d6 to see how many charges Willow gets. Three. I got a one. Roll me a d20. Ah. Twelve. You pull out a card you've never seen before. It looks very similar to a tarot deck. This card has a moon on it. Full moon gleams upon this card. Moonlight seems to briefly shine from the card when you're looking at it. You feel as though the night is like welcoming you. And you have gained an extra 30 feet of dark vision. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Holy wow. cow. What the fuck? Is that permanent? Yeah. Holy shit. Dude, you endured the mitten for this long. You deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's tight. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, everybody sleep good? Yeah. Yeah. It's so peaceful under here. I know, I kind of feel bad leaving it. I mean, we about to uh, truly wake up, you know what I'm saying? Gotta find some Pluteus Cyanopus. <sighs> Boy, wavy cap. Psilocyba Mexicana. Ooh, here we come. We aren't in our... I'm running out the on door. On our plane anymore. You don't know how these work. I'm chasing after him. Xander, come back. Lois and Catullus. You're still gonna keep an eye on him, right, Blueberry? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you head towards the mushrooms. Just off of the waterfall is this forest. They all emanate a soft purple glow from the spores being shed from their undersides. This forest seems large, but continues generally to the south. Xander, what are you looking for, man? Honestly, anything recognizable. I would like to try and find Amanita muscaria just because it looks pretty, but you're not supposed to eat those. So truly, I would like to find Liberty Caps. Give me nature. Xander, this is so dangerous. I really don't recommend doing this. Nat one. <laughs> oh, you find Liberty Cap. We are on our way in to fight some dangerous thing. One, you don't want to be high to do it. Two, you don't want to be poisoned to do it. Are you taking some? Xander. I'm definitely picking some. You find a nice little patch that's got six there. You take four of the nice ones. Some of the, the other two are like, oh, they're kind of like in their infancy. They're not quite ripe. And you're positive that the four you took are great. It's perfect. One for each of us. No. Okay, no. <laughs> we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Don't worry. Don't worry. Not until you're under the willow, okay? You continue walking for some time. The spore-filled air seems surprisingly fresh. The smell is pleasant, especially compared to the stagnant air you've dealt with so much already in the Underdark. You walk for no more than five to ten minutes in the general direction. And you can see the mushrooms are getting taller before seeing some in the distance that look shorter. Getting closer, you can see that they aren't shorter, but rather they are going down an incline, going pretty sharply downward. 
As you get to the crest of this impending decline, you can see at the bottom there's a cave entrance. The fair shreds inside being the only thing inside that lights the dark walls. None of these mushroom spores seem to go past the cave entrance. It is a large cave with a triangular entrance. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh, it's planning time. Oh, yeah. On the right track. God. a lot. I never have to prepare a pass without a trace again. Oh, my God. And counterspell? God damn. Well, we'll talk about all that on the behind the scenes that you can go get to by joining us on Patreon, bitch. It helps support us and helps support the show so we can keep making this awesome stuff for you. We also got the after party where we do a bunch of crazy one shots. And Ryan just ran his first one shot. Total blast. And there were cats and birds and poop. So go join us on Patreon, bitch. Just <laughs> <laughs> call a bitch. That's what you have to say is join the Patreon, bitch. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. Patreon.com slash cast party is where you'll find loads of exclusive content from the cast and crew. Behind the Scenes drops the Monday after every single Cast Party episode, where you can hear more about our conspiracy theories, our thoughts on the story, and all the behind-the-scenes info you won't get anywhere else, along with some crazy derailed nonsense in between. The After Party drops the first of every month for our patrons. If you loved our free episode of Yarrell's Super Happy Fun Murder Dungeon, you will adore the crazy one-shots and mini-series we've got waiting for you. So head on over to patreon.com slash cast party to become an official part of our cast and crew. You'll also receive access to our community discord where we host live listening parties with all of us on the release night of every cast party episode, as well as entry into our merch giveaway that we do at the end of every cast party episode. Speaking of, this week's merch giveaway winner is Bill M. But hey, if you want some merch for yourself to rock around town, head on over to cast-party.myshopify.com. Shirts, stickers, water bottles, all sorts of stuff, and so much more coming soon. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks to see what lies in this cave. See ya! (laughs) I'm recording! (laughs) <laughs> that works really well. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Vince DC'd. What? Oh, God. <laughs> you were just so still, dude. <laughs> like you, I, <laughs> Sorry, I was reading. <laughs> you were so still, and I was like... So, yeah, well, I was, I was letting him say his thing, and I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Eric Five was always the best at ski paddle. He could dunk over Wharton Knight every single time, but that was in the winters. Wharton was the king of the summer, beating everyone in flop dancing. Rosendo and I were never that good at flop dancing, so we would just tend to the gardens and watch them play for hours. Ebeb Flo and Jeski Fire would bring us ice-cold water from the ice well. They used to sit on the side and see who could deal with the pain the longest and be crowned the Ice Emperor. But Jeski always won. Ash was the new kid way back then, but he went all out every game he played. He even taught us some new games like this crazy rock, paper, scissors game. There's no way to be good at it, but Shanda Jesus swore he had found the secret. I don't believe him though. He would only play against Saint E. Love, and Saint would always throw rocks, so Sean always threw paper. I mean, is that really finding the secret? <laughs>